0: Healthy Habits. Are you enjoying the um, series so far? Yeah. We really are. We're getting some good um, good news testimonies through on that. Um, it's, we're, we're kind of going back to basics in some way. We're looking at healthy habits. We're looking at what it is to be faithful followers, what habits we can cultivate in order that we that we follow Jesus faithfully. And um, reading the Bible is one of those funny ones. It feels like something that we should all do really well all of the time. And Feel free to put your hand up if you've got that one nailed down after however many years you've been reading the Bible. It's quite a challenge. Um, And yet there's such richness when it comes to reading God's Word and receiving God's Word. So um, uh, it feels like a privilege to come and open God's Word when we're talking about God's Word and what it means to get stuck into the Word of God. What it is that the Word of God is in our hands. I'm hoping that we get re-inspired tonight about about that. But I'm not talking from a place of um, being in a season where I get 15 chapters done in a day. Um, I know that's probably the case for Andrew. Um, You can just tell it's just exuding out of him. Twenty, sorry, he's on to twenty chapters a day. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name's David. I've got um, three kids who are five and under, and I'm not making excuses here. But um, one of them hasn't slept for two and a half years through the night. So, so I, I haven't really actually landed in Trinity Cheltenham. I've been here for two and a half years, but I, for those two and a half years, I've had six nights where I've slept all the way through. So. Um, So, actually, when it comes to talking about making time for the word and reading the word, um, a lot of my quiet times look like reading the same three verses of the Bible 15 times while I'm chasing after two kids and hoping that my wife can catch up on sleep. Um, So, I understand what it means to be trying to gauge, uh, trying to get into God's word in busy seasons. Uh, And some of you, that, that might be your season at the moment. Some of you might have more time um, and perhaps less discipline. I don't know. We're all at different places. But let's give ourselves permission to be honest tonight about what it is to be hungry for God's Word. Uh, And maybe you're brand new on this whole adventure. You've never really actually sat down and spent any time with the Word. Well, we're going to look at what it's about, what the Bible's about, what it is, why read it, and how to read it. Okay, so let's start with what the Bible is And I've got a few little props just to keep us on track. Can anyone guess what this is? It's a lamp. So, um, the Bible says in Psalm 119, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Some of you have been reading it. Well done. Um, So, obviously... uh, an actual lamp that it's referring to wouldn't look like this. It's more like a flaming torch. But you get the idea. It's, it's a light. And I spent five minutes more than I needed to tonight paying for the church parking over there. Anyone else? It's so hard in the dark. I couldn't see what the screen was doing. Life without light is incredibly frustrating. All those things that you try and do just to get through a normal day without light is so difficult. I wonder if you might wanna reflect on that when it comes to reading God's word. If the Bible says it's a light to our feet and a lamp to our path, I wonder if you're in a season where you're stumbling over things all the time. I feel like that. I feel like it's a season where actually my time in the word is limited and I find myself stumbling over and really longing for more light. So that's one of the things the Bible says, that the word is a light. It's also a weapon. Ephesians 6 verse 17 says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When it comes to spiritual battles, when it comes to fighting against the enemy, who's called the father of lies, we need God's word, his truth. Um, So for this, I'm going to need a volunteer. This is my um, weapon. Thank you, Rich. Come on up. Hi, Rich. Uh, Rich, could you say something offensive about my appearance, please? You look like a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> just, you just it, 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 can you just repeat it in the microphone? Maybe, so maybe makes, that wasn't. Maybe that's offensive. To you teenagers. look like a teenager. Well, I mean, you may, maybe you just didn't just offend me, but you offended a lot. of Sorry, T. Oh. Dangers. Um, <laughs> he does, though, doesn't he? So I, I look like a teenager. I don't know whether how to be offended by that, but, but. Um, that just hurts. That, I, feel, I feel hurt by that. I look like a teenager. Maybe, I'm gonna, maybe I should try and do, some, do things differently next time I get dressed. Maybe, I, I don't know. I mean, there could have been a different thing. He could have said, your nose just isn't the right shape, or your hair has never, ever once looked good in church before, ever. Um, something about my appearance, something about um, who I am, something to undermine my character. He could have said lots of different things. He just decided on that. Now, And without God's word as a weapon, I could just take some of this stuff on and it begins to shape what I believe about myself and our beliefs shape our our, um, actions and then we develop habits and we get into all sorts of mess because we're not fighting the truth. So we'll try that whole scenario again and then I'm gonna use the word. Okay, could you say something offensive about it? Uh, You just look ridiculous. I just, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. Oh. <clears throat> should we do a few more examples because I enjoyed that <laughs> thank you Rich do you know we laugh but there are, you might be different to me but I get a barrage of stuff day in day out all the time the enemy wants to undermine who we are And and this is a source of truth. This is a weapon about who we are, about what God's called us to, um, that will undermine every attempt that the enemy has to undermine who we are. I wonder if you've got some truths written up on your bedroom wall or around you that you will see regularly on your mirror. I wonder if there are particular battles that you think, do you know what, I keep losing this battle. I keep getting caught up in this insecurities and insignificance and all this stuff. Do you know what, this is a weapon. Some of you are losing battles regularly at the moment. And it doesn't go much further than just spending time regularly reading truth. So, everyone just follow me. The word is a? Weapon. And it's a? Weapon. Weapon. Thank you. It's also... Not just bread, it's your... I don't need to preach this. You know it. Uh, it's your daily bread. Um, it, it is something that, 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 that feeds us in our everyday, our everyday life. I don't know whether you feel tired. I, someone used to t- tell me this all the time. When I was growing up um, as a teenager, when I looked like a teenager for real, so offensive. Um, when I was a teenager, people used to say all the time, they used to say, oh, you know, you should read your Bible, because it's, it's, it's like food, it's, it's, it's your daily bread. And I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's fine, great. And it just never sunk in. I spent a lot of my teenage years, um, just the most, most of the time that I would actually read the Word would be on a Sunday when it was up on the big screen. That was as much as of my engagement with the Word. And I look back now from my perspective, and it just saddens me that I didn't have... Some sort of solid framework in my life at that point, when there's all sorts of other influences vying for my attention and wanting to shape who I am, I didn't have this structure. I didn't have this food that was, the word. And so eventually, I happened to be at a, a, a Christian conference. It was the first time I was there, uh, uh, called Soul Survivor, um, and I I met uh this person and, and and again i kind of confessed to this person i said you, you know i don't i don't really read my bible and and rather than just going and saying oh you, you should it, it's, it's your daily bread this lady just went right go back to your tent now and read through philippians it's just it's just fierce about it um, go and read it and then she went off and prayed that i would have a hunger for god's word prayed that i'd have a hunger for this this my daily bread that i wouldn't go around doing ministry and, and involved in church stuff without actually being fed. Because I, I recognized I was malnourished. I wasn't living God's word. It wasn't feeding me. Uh, that was Karis, by the way. Was, yeah, she, just, she just said, look, you've got, to, you've got to get stuck into the word. So rather than it just being this kind of, oh yeah, I know, I know I should read it. Um, she prayed that I would receive a hunger for it. And since then, my appetite has been renewed Jesus says in Matthew 4.4, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. For those of you who know the the Bible a little bit, Jesus was tempted in the desert for 40 days. He went for 40 days without food. He couldn't go 40 days without the word. I wonder how long it's been for you since you've read the word. So, the Bible is a? It's a? And it's daily bread. Mixed up the... Uh, so that's that's what the Bible is. But also let's not forget that the, that the Word of God is also the person of Jesus. It says in John 1, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. We're not talking here just about some intellectual exercise that we can do in the morning where we, we get a little bit more information. We're talking about a personal Relationship with Jesus. We're talking about the Word as understood and as written down here, but we're talking about Jesus who is the Word, who spoke these words and who continues to speak them in relationship with us. Um, has, everyone, has anyone watched um, Darkest Hour yet, the new Winston Churchill film? Anyone? Oh, a handful of people. Really encourage you to go if you can, if you've. You can get a babysitter if you, if you can afford it. It's expensive, isn't it? Twelve pounds for the cinema. Can I just have a grumpy old man moment? <laughs> Twelve pounds. Whew. Um, Darkest Hour is this um, biopic about Winston Churchill, and it was, a fa- it was fascinating to watch and really interesting. I didn't I know a huge amount about Winston Churchill, and I know everything about him now that I've watched an hour and a half film. There's, there's certain things that we can understand when we watch about a person or we read about a person. But I can tell you, I would know a lot more about Winston Churchill if I actually just spent time with him, which is difficult because in case some of you don't know, he's dead. Um, so, but the good news tonight is Jesus isn't. Jesus isn't dead, the Word is alive. And when it comes to relationship with him, it's not just simply about academic exercise. It's about meeting with a person. Andrew was talking about that last week. It's about spending time with Jesus, inviting him in, not just reading words. And it's, it's, it's a mixture. So what is the Bible? That's the Bible. It is a weapon. It's the daily bread. It's a lamp. And it's also the person of Jesus. So why read the Bible? Why read the Bible? Well, in many ways we've kind of just covered it in some respects, uh, so that we don't stumble around in darkness when it comes to our life and making decisions, so that we don't lose battle after battle spiritually, and so that we we don't become malnourished. But I also want to expand on that when it comes to why read the Bible. Because I think our world is full of so many choices. Each and every day you have choices to make. And I want to suggest that as we read God's word, as we spend time with Jesus, we get a bit more focus about our lives. It's a focus that I'm acutely aware I don't have a lot in, buckets, in bucket loads at the moment when it comes to time with, with God and in his word. And it's something I'm really hungry for, that focus. That focus in the middle of a world that has so many options. Karis and I um, have kind of given up on supermarket shopping. Um, Karis generally does an online shop so that she doesn't have to take three kids with her uh, and do the crazy supermarket shop. Now and again, there's certain things that we need to do or we need to top up. So I'll take one of the kids uh, and we'll go to the supermarket. I do not do well in a supermarket. I just need to confess with you when it comes to choices, if I just walk in there without a plan and without a list, anything could end up in that trolley. Often it's stuff with a yellow label on that I would never eat, but I just feel like, what? It was £4.50, now it's £1.24, but you don't even like them, David. I know, but it's saving money. This is incredible. And or I just see things. I mean there's so many options in a supermarket and I could be caught off all over the place if I'm not focused because I'm, I'm just looking at something and there's a deal there and someone wants to sell me this there and wants to sell me that. Life is like that. You're walking around and there are so many choices day in day out in your workplace, in your family life, in, in, the, in, in how you're studying. So many options about how you do things when you're going out on an evening. So many options when it comes to how you shape your life and what you build it upon. And there's so many attractive noises, voices, and influences in life that could leave us floundering. And yet, God's word brings clarity and brings a focus. It says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, and training in righteousness. It's about teaching us life, how to do life right. It's about training us in right living. And it's also about rebuking. There are times in our lives when we just need a good old-fashioned slap around the face from the Bible. Do you know what I mean? A good old-fashioned reminder of this is how to live. Reading through the Gospels and seeing Jesus' example when it comes to leadership, when it comes to servant-heartedness. We can't get away from what it looks like to wash someone's feet. When we're in, maybe you've got conflict around how your boss is bossing you or how you're running your home and you've, you're, you're coming into conflict areas. You read through the scriptures, you read through Jesus' example and suddenly you rebuke your challenge, you're trained again in a right way of living. A few more verses. Romans 12:2 2 says it, it renews our minds. Philippians 4, 8, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, think about these things. Wrestle with these truths. Why? It brings freedom from fear, anxiety, and bad habits. John 8, 32 says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth brings freedom. It keeps us walking in the right way. We've touched on that already. But I just want to read the kind of biggest chunk of the scripture that we're going to read tonight. and it's, it's from Psalm 1 and paints a lovely picture, a beautiful picture of what it means to have God's ways at the center. It said this, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night, He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. There's something about God's word, about meditating on it, reading it, remembering it, dwelling with God in it. That means we end up prospering in life. We end up nourished. So we're talking about transformation. The Word transforms us into the Word's likeness. So we've done, what is the Bible? We've done, why read the Bible, and now how do we read the Bible? Now, we've got to do caution here, and I've always already touched on it a little bit. How we read the Bible will look very different for most people, but it mostly will start by you opening it. For most of us, whether it's we do it in the morning or whether we, we do it in the evening or we're on a train or we're on a commute or we're in the back of someone's car, whatever it is, it's gonna require opening it. And if you have your Bible and you predominantly read it on your smartphone, some of that can be great and it can be really helpful. I just wanna suggest have a hard copy as well. Have something that you can actually see where the pages are. You can, you can flick backwards and forwards. There's something about getting into the Word. You can make notes in the margins. You can remember where a, a, a verse is on a particular page. But also, I, I don't know about you, but for me, when it comes to, oh, I'm just going to have a little quiet time, I'll turn my phone on, have a little look, there are 15,000 other options of what I could do right now with this phone. Whereas if that's turned off and it's far away and I'm in a different room and it's just a journal and a Bible, there's less that can be distracting for us. So, how do we read the Bible? Start by opening it. Opening it up. But it's going to look different for different people. Sometimes our reading the Bible will be about devotional. A devotional time. That's, That's kind of within our time... Um, with God, studying it, spending time with God, asking him questions around our devotion life. And that's often um, where we're looking, at, uh, when it comes to devotional time in the word, we're looking about their application. We're wanting to know, what does that mean for me? We're reading a passage of scripture and you're, you're bringing it to it. Okay, what does that mean for me? How am I going to change my life? But there's also studying God's word And maybe that's where actually you're wanting to look at the passage and understand just what it means. Rather than what it means for me today, what did it mean? I want to wrestle with God's word. I want to understand the context that it was written in and who it was written for. And I want to just encourage you. um, I'm not going to go into too much detail in this, but it's, it's really healthy to have a balance of both those things. It's really healthy to be studying God's Word in depth and looking at it. Maybe you want to get a commentary. Maybe you want to get a book that will help you explore um, what life was like in Jesus' day or in the Old Testament times. Just get behind the Bible a little bit. <clears throat> but you could do too much of that, and it's, it's kind of a, it's a balance. Some people have lost heart in your personal devotions, because actually you need to study with a little bit more depth. And maybe the opposite is the case as well. Some people have lost motivation in study because you're just not applying God's word. You've got into studying it loads and getting to know it, but you're not applying. You're not actually doing anything about it or changing your life around it. And so I'm just gonna steal Hill's four little uh, phrases around how we read it when it comes to our devotional times. So read it, write it, and say it, and pray it. So read it. You might want to have a Bible plan. Uh, There's a lot of people who do Bible in in one year. I'm currently doing Bible in one decade. I'm trying to get it finished uh, in the next eight years. I'm really optimistic about that. Some of you, you might have a whole lot of time. We've We've discussed this already, but you might want to have a particular plan. You might want to just focus in on a, a gospel if you're starting for the first time i just want to um wave this at you if, if bible study is new to you we've got some of these at the back 40 days it's basically matthew's gospel a really good place to start or there's the diff- all four of the different gospels at the back um and it's it's got space that you can write on it's got it's got the actual passage that you can that you can read through. There's so many practical tools if you're looking about getting into the Bible for the first time. I can really encourage that. It's got loads of questions to help you think about it and journal at the same time. But when it comes to reading plans, remember that we're talking about the person of the word, not just the written word. So you might So I just want to encourage you, whenever I sit down to read God's word, even if I've got a particular plan or I know that the chapter that I'm on, I'll ask God what he wants me to read that day. Or just before I'm reading a passage, I'll say, God, would you bless this to me? Holy Spirit, come and shine light through it. And sometimes I hear him say no. No. Not that he doesn't want to bless his word, but he's got something else. And he leads me to a different passage that's really poignant for that particular day. So reading plans are helpful, but let's stay open to the Holy Spirit. So read it, write it. Um, I was having conversations, like interviewing different people about um, their involvement, how they read God's word, um, people of different ages. Um, Most people I asked in some ways journal, and I can really encourage, I've been journaling since I was probably about 12. it's not particularly fun reading, reading the 12 year old stuff. was just kind of, I actually wrote down what I, mostly what I wore on Sunday just to make sure I didn't wear the same thing again the next Sunday and how many hugs I got off a particular girl. And it wasn't Karis, so um, there you go. Uh, but a lot of my journal is full of stuff, particular words that God has spoken, or as I've, as, I've read, as I've read the Bible, particular things that have stuck out. And I find it really helpful just to write it Maybe in picture form or just to, it it helps me to meditate on God's word. So so having a journal and being able to write down God's word is really helpful. And maybe you don't just want to write it in your journey. You might want to put it up somewhere, put it around your house. There might be a particular word that's, that's a weapon for you at the moment or that's bringing light to you or that's nourishing you. You might want to put it up somewhere. You're going to see it regularly. Write it down. So read it, write it. Uh, and say it next one say it Um, I think and I I talked about this um, in New Year's Day I think or the 31st yeah we were talking about um, reading God's Word and actually I think as a as a people we've lost the art of memorizing scripture we don't talk about it so much but actually um, memorizing so that you can actually say God's word in any given situation, whether it be I'm fearfully, wonderfully made, and um, whether it be I take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. It's helpful to be able to say God's word, not just read it. Because you're not always gonna be walking around with it, I mean in your pocket maybe, but you're not always gonna have it to hand. And I would encourage you to have it to heart so you can say it so that you've got the word of God ready in any given situation. Because it might be that God wants to use you uh, to give someone else a weapon. But as we learn scripture, as we say it, it's powerful, as we proclaim it, it's powerful. And then pray it, pray the truths of the Bible. Um, This isn't something that I've done a whole lot, um, but when I have done, I've seen the effect of it. There are so many promises in the Bible And and actually, sometimes when you don't know what to pray in a situation, difficult, painful situations, it's helpful to have God's Word to be able to pray. I was speaking to a lady on Friday who prays some promises over her life through the Scriptures every single day. Every single day, she's looking at arming herself with the truth of who God's made her, and she's praying it regularly. So, read it. Write it, say it, pray it. And my prayer is that we get re-inspired. All of that, all of what I've said, and I've, I've rushed over some stuff tonight. Um, and we could go into, the, I just wanna throw in two more little books. If, if you're struggling with the Bible, you've got some bigger, deeper questions. Um, Amy Orle Ewing's book is really helpful on why trust the Bible. It goes into some uh, questions that I'm not gonna to cover tonight. Is it all a matter of interpretation? Can we know anything about history? Are the biblical manuscripts reliable? If you're stuck on the Bible in this kind of level, there is, there's, there's really helpful information in there. Um, and I'm just gonna throw this one at you because I'm a dad. Um, uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible. So, I mean, there's so many different Bibles that you can get stuck into, but this, because it's got pictures and I like pictures, but also there's just some really, really beautiful words. Um, whether you've got kids or not, um, just bringing refreshing to uh, to your quiet times. I think we should stand. I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna finish. Just invite invite us to to consider three things. There might be three different responses that you have tonight. My sense is actually. There's a whole bunch of people here tonight and you know God's Word and you've been reading God's Word for a long time. This isn't new to you, the idea that God's Word is a, is a light, it's a lamp, it's, it's a weapon, it's our food, it's our nourishment. This isn't new, but it's not recent. And actually, you've been living a whole different life from what the Bible talks about. And so your relationship with the Bible is quite an uncomfortable one. You've kind of turned your back on it so you can live your own life and, and, and be free to do what you want to do rather than what it encourages to do. And so it might be tonight that you want to say, do you know what God, I need that light back in my life. I've turned my back on you, the word, and on reading God's word. And I want to come again to making the word a priority in my life not just in reading it, but in actually living it and being shaped around it. That's number one, but maybe number two, you've never been in a healthy habit of reading the Bible regularly. And you just wanna say, God, would you give me a hunger for it? It's great knowing what it is. It's great knowing why to read it. It's great knowing how to read it, but actually just praying that God releases a hunger that helps shape every other priority around it in your life. And maybe you want to be renewed in prioritizing God's word. Maybe you just you know some of the truth. You know this stuff. You could have been up here explaining it all. But actually, when it comes to what your calendar looks like, what your weekly schedule looks like, this isn't a priority. This isn't something that is a passion and that is driving you. This isn't currently a healthy habit. So we're going to pray. As Andrew was saying, this is always going to be a priority for us as a church that we give God space to, to minister to us. It might be that tonight you want prayer for for healing. There's something in your body, in your heart, in your mind that needs God's touch, we would love to pray for you. But it might just be that God's prompting you to come and specifically say, do you know what? I want to take God's word seriously. So let's just be still. Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the incredible privilege that we have access to it in our own language but Lord you know that it's a battle you know that it's a battle to have our lives shaped around um, the truths in the, in the Bible and I want to pray tonight that you would stir us afresh that you'd call us afresh to creating space to meet with you